reading first this afternoon from the scriptures from Mark chapter 13. Mark 13, from verse 32 through to the end of the chapter. Sections entitled, No One Knows That Our Day or Hour. Congregation, hear the word of the Lord. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going on a journey, when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. We continue reading from Luke chapter 12, 35 to the end of the chapter. Sorry, to the end of that section, to verse 48. Again, same theme, you must be ready. Straight, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. And be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and will and have them in recline at table, and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third and finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Peter said, Lord, are you telling this parable for us or for all? And the Lord said, Who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant says to himself, My master is delayed in coming and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, at an hour he does not know, and will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And that servant, who knew his master's will, but did not get ready or act according to his will, will receive a severe beating. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a lighter beating, a light beating. Everyone to whom much has was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. So far this reading of God's word. Mark 13, verse 33. It's our text verse. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time 
will come. Be on guard, be alert. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, it's the world events, especially the war in the Middle East and the war between Israel and Hamas, have many Christians studying the Bible for an understanding of end times. This is good. We need to be well informed. But the Bible should always be read and understood in context. And in this time, <clears throat> we are hearing different arguments. People are getting confused, also in reformed circles. Someone wrote in an article, Why does Israel matter? Did you know that the time clock of the return of Jesus is based on what is happening in Israel? Jesus was a Jew and celebrated and kept the Jewish holy days, customs, and feasts. He did not come to eradicate the law and writing of the prophets. He came to fulfill the prophecies that were written in them. When Jesus returns, he's going to plant his feet in the Mount of Olives. Go through the eastern gate, which is currently sealed off with 16 feet of concrete. The cemetery was also placed in front of the gate because touching the dead makes a Jew unclean and unable to enter the temple, which is considered holy. The Bible says he will return and will rule and reign for a thousand years. And the final battle is going to be in the valley of Megiddo in Israel. And as the nations wage war against Israel, Jesus will come and destroy his enemies with the breath of his mouth. How should we respond to arguments like that? This is dispensational theology. And this is why the preaching on the eschatology about the end times is so timely. This is important to know what we confess. Do not be confused. Do not be alarmed, as our Lord Jesus Christ said. And it's so clearly, Jesus said, that God determined the times. That everything is in his hand. And regarding Israel, our Reformed confessions insist on the unity of God's redemptive program throughout history. In the Reformed understanding, there's no separation between Israel and the church. The promise that the Lord made to Abraham is the covenant of grace, and he would be the father of many nations, and that in his seed all the families of the earth would be blessed, found its fulfillment in the seed of Jesus. Like you've heard this morning in 2 Corinthians 6, that promise was made to us as well, the church. And the seed promised to Abraham and the covenant of grace is Jesus Christ, the true Israel, and who all through faith are united to him and heirs of the covenant promises. Galatians 3, verse 16 to 29. And this is a quote from an article that a reformed pastor, Cornelius Wienema, wrote. In the reformed view, Jesus fulfilled the covenant of grace for all believers, not only for Israel, whether Jews or Gentiles, and that's according to Paul, Romans 11. And Israel and the church are not two distinct churches, 
But a church is the true Israel of God, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. And that's according to Peter himself. The Apostle Peter, 1 Peter 2 verse 9. We've also learned through studying Mark 13 that we can never know the time and hour of our Lord Jesus' return. And that the Lord determined that in his eternal counsel, Jesus himself said in verse 32, but concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Mark 13 in our passage. The Lord told us in no uncertain terms that because we don't know, we should be on guard the whole time because we don't know when the master will return and to be on guard is to expect Jesus Jesus explained it very clearly verse 34 it's like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge each with his work and he commands the doorkeeper to stay awake we should keep watch because we do not know the time our Lord will return. And this is also according to the parable Jesus told in Luke 12, verse 35 to 48, or rather parables. And in these parables, Jesus told us to be ready. Jesus is coming at an hour we do not expect. And the servants do not know whether he will come in the second watch or the wedding or if the wedding will go into the early hours or the morning of the third watch. And the point is, even if it takes all night, it does not matter what time the master returns. Whenever he comes, the servants have to be awake, be dressed to have the lights on, to be ready to answer the door as soon as the master comes. Let me also give you a practical example. It's like a teacher telling students, I'm going to test you on certain things. And when a student knows the exact date and hour of that exam, temptation is to leave it to the last minute. But when a teacher tells you to be prepared, because you can expect an exam, the student is living in that shadow of the exam, it will be more likely to prepare every day. And so it is with Jesus' return. We do not know the exact hour and minute, and therefore we need to be on guard, on alert, or awake, and expect the Lord. We all know about Pompeii, the city which was destroyed by a volcano in the year 79 before Christ. That volcano was so sudden, unexpected, that people were caught up in their daily activities. But one of the most remarkable things that were recorded was the body of a soldier that was still on guard. Until the very end, he was on guard. And so the work of a guard was a very important one. The Bible is writing about that. You see the guards in Nehemiah. And the task of the guard was to protect and warn the people from danger. Secure the people against surprise, attack, or injury. 
And the fact that we don't know the time and hour keeps us vigilant. And it motivates us to be busy with the work the Lord entrusted to us, His church. So what is that work that we should be busy with? We know that the Lord left us in charge. And the Lord addressed the apostles, His church. We can also say today, the elders. They are to safeguard the church against false teachings. There's so many nowadays, like I've read before. And how should we do that? The elders and pastors shall study God's word. And as good servants of Jesus grow in knowledge and experience of the truth, the faith and good teaching. And we can only do this in our Lord Jesus Christ. What do we know about Jesus? We know that Jesus was rejected by the world, nailed to the cross for our sins. We know that Jesus is the living word. Jesus is the master. We also know that Jesus is risen from the dead and that we belong to him. We know that Jesus created new life into us. We know that Jesus is the living and the life-giving for his spirit. And we know that as we grow, we should become less and the Lord more. This is called sanctification. And this is why we need to continue with the work the Lord entrusted us. This is why we are in church, to study God's word. And through his spirit and word, we receive the grace to grow as the Lord's church. And as elders, we should proclaim that the Lord's love is visible in the world. And the elders' task is to warn as guardians. Warn against the injustices. Also warn against the injustices about social life. They should warn against the spirits in the world that do not want to offend to the cost of our holiness this morning service. Warn against abortion, racism, self-indulgence, selfishness. But also that the Lord is expected soon because he said so. At a time he determined. And these warnings do not include the elders but also the whole congregation. Jesus said in verse 37... Mark 13, verse 37. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. And puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. And these stars are to honor and worship the Lord, to serve the Lord with the gifts that he gave you. To serve one another. To develop the gifts of the Holy Spirit. To pray for one another. To show hospitality. To love one another. Even our enemies, according to, to John. To be kind, to be merciful, to provide. To give, to forgive. Also, it includes the Great Commission. Matthew 28, verse 19. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And these stars should keep us busy. 
Jesus said in Mark 13 verse 10 that the gospel should be preached and this should keep us busy up to the very day of our Lord's return and we should be faithful to the end. Jesus' first parable in Luke 12 was about to be ready. Now the second one in Luke 12 is about faithfulness. Also concerning stewardship. Jesus talked about a master who appointed a manager over his house. This is what a manager was in the ancient world. They were stewards, managers. They ruled and managed managed the affairs of the house, managed the staff of servants in the house. A steward never owned the house. He did not own any of the things. It belonged to the master. But it was the task of the steward to take care in a wise, gracious, and godly manner. And this is what we are. Managers, stewards. Nothing belonged to us, but all belongs to the Father. Psalm 24. And everything the Lord entrusted to us, he gives to us for his grace. But also with a responsibility that we should honor him. In the way we handle things. Even our money, our children that's entrusted to us. Our grandchildren. And we are stewards of the very air that we breathe. Because everything belongs to the Lord. And when we are faithful, we can expect the master's praise. Luke 12, 44. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But Jesus also told us about our unfaithful manager, the one who did not expect the master. That manager said, my master is delayed in coming. He began to be the male and the female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk. For that manager, Jesus' coming will be a surprise because his focus was never and his master. And the master's hour coming will be in an hour when that servant is not aware. And Jesus clearly said that unfaithful servant will be judged accordingly. And so the Lord warned us in so many parables. Also the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew 25. And the same as the unfaithful manager in that parable a long time passed. And everyone fell asleep. And so Jesus said that a church is not always awake. The church should be expect the church should expect his coming. And then in that parable the groom came. The wise virgins who were ready celebrated with the groom. But the foolish virgins, those who did not expect him. And Jesus warned them. Matthew twenty five, verse twelve to thirteen. But he answered, truly, truly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, you know neither the day nor the hour. And so the Apostle Paul teaches as well that when Christ returns, he will punish those who did not act as good managers, those who did not expect the Lord, those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. And Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 8 to 10, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord, the glory of his might when he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints, to be marveled at among 
all who have believed because our testimony to you was believed. And God will re- fully reveal his glory. And every day, every minute, every hour, let me say it again, every day, every hour, every minute, bring us, brings us closer to our Lord's return. Isaiah 60, verse 22, the Lord said, I am the Lord, in its time I will hasten it. And the Lord can, because he knows everything. When all things will happen. And when Jesus will return, God alone knows. We also confess that he will come when the number of the elect is complete. That number he decided. But when you look at a world, when you look at all these wars, we know that we should be ready. We know that. And we pray that Jesus will come. Should all these things make us afraid? Not if we belong to Christ. And this is how the preaching about the end times and to be ready works as we have heard in Jesus' warnings. You can hear to your joy, to your delight, to your everlasting joy. But if you are not ready, you hear to your judgment. Jesus is coming. The warning is there. Do not be like the unfaithful manager or the foolish virgins. But be ready. Live and expect the Lord to come. And so our confession in Lord's Day 19, question and answer 52 of the Heidelberg Catechism, is also assurance and comfort to all who are ready. Jesus is coming again. We confess In all my distress and persecution, I turn my eyes to the heavens and confidently awaits as judge the very one who has already stood trial in my place before God and so has removed the whole curse from me. All his enemies and mine he will condemn to the everlasting punishment, but me and all his chosen ones he will take along with him into joy and the glory of heaven. What a comfort. I want to conclude this series of sermons with the warning. Be on guard. Be alert. Be ready and be busy with the work of the Lord. Be faithful and expect the Lord. Jesus said, I'm coming soon. And we should preach about the kingdom of God. We should warn those we love. We should proclaim the gospel. But we should also have an insight into the things that are happening. That need to happen. And also know that our labors in the Lord will never be in vain. And in our prayer we pray, Maranatha. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words and also that you appointed us as managers or stewards. Also proclaim the glorious gospel message to your church and to call people to repentance and faith. A task that your church should be ready with, ready to work as your servants 
but also we pray that we shall warn against the many, many things that are proclaimed and stay true to your words and your word alone. That we will not be afraid about all these things, but also know that there's still time today to proclaim the gospel. We pray especially for Israel. We pray for Palestine. We pray that they will hear the gospel, that they will see Jesus is king, and that they will bow before him. Not trust in works, in the law, or in Allah, but only in you. You are the true God, the one God. We thank you, Lord, also for your promises, and that we can be part of that promises. It's only through your grace. Bless your church. Bless your people. We thank you, Lord, for the wonderful privilege to be your people. And we know it's by grace alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.